Oh, oh this in, this section. It didn't piss me off. It, it just it, it was just like what a fucking letdown. If they did make this film as it is in the script, would you go and see it? I might go and see it. Oh, for shame. Oh, it's a pile of crap. And not for nothing. Haven't they nuked London? And it comes out of Buckingham Palace headed notepaper. I'm really angry now. It's part four of the Shark Liver Oil coverage of Zombie Apocalypse by Stephen Jones, no less. And Dave, we've come a long way. We've come a long, a long way, way through baby. the zombie hordes. Yeah. To this point. But if you're wondering what Shark Liver Oil is, if you haven't heard one before, what we do is we're kind of like a... What, what are we, Dave? Laid-back book club? Yeah, kind of like a laid-back online book club. So we... Do, do people even use online anymore? They, probably, they don't, do they? Well, I, it's kind I of know. like It's kind of a naughty thing, that. Hey, I'm online. That's well, I'm true. Gonna, I'm I'm assume it. not everybody in the world is. I don't know. Yeah. So well, it, yeah. it is, however, completely undeniable that we're not actually getting together in people's front rooms and talking about books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're definitely so it, not doing that. Yeah. So it's uh, so we're going to use the phrase. So, so it's, it's an online book club, and um, and what we do is every week, pretty much every month, we take a book and we split it down into a few different parts. And then if you want to read along with us, you read that section of the book that week. And at the end, we do a podcast on it. Right. Um, shall we dive into our next part then? Let's. When, so when we were last in the book, it was this Australian pilot. And uh, she was talking about how... What's, what happened to her was she, she ended up crashing the plane and getting trapped inside it. And then one of her former friends, who was now a zombie came over and you thought oh here we go she's going to get eaten and he actually just helped to get out of the plane and then wandered off and left her alone and it was because she'd eaten uh, unwittingly um some yeah. zombie flesh earlier in the earlier in the chapter are so we sure that was why it was does it say that in the chapter or are we just trying to are we are we kind of projecting well, she, that onto it are well, we she, giving it more plot coherence than it possesses or she kind of puts two and two together and decides that that's why it is because when she eats the zombie steaks, which is actually which is sort of from the barbecue when she meets up with this guy, this guy actually when he gave, gives them to her says that's what it does, and then yeah. he gives her a bit of a demonstration. Uh, yeah. So I think yeah. it, it it is it is pretty clear that that is supposed to be what's happened. So so the next bit is a uh, very similar to something we saw earlier in the book. It's a it's a conversation with someone who's on a plane and someone who's not. And this is a web conversation this time. Very short, and it ends very abruptly when something happens off camera um, on, the, on the plane. And, uh, and the woman who's, who's having this web chat just says, uh, tells her partner that she loves him and then switches it off. Yeah, bleaky. It, that, that, is, that just sums it up really, doesn't it? There's not really much to say about that other than it's, it's bleak. It's bleak. We go from that into a collection of video files, which are, um, yeah. which document, it's kind of like, this This happened without the zombies in real life, where a, a pilot successfully brought a plane down on the Hudson River in New York. It was this, it was this brilliant survival against the odds moment, wasn't it? You, you, yeah, you, yeah. It's a one, I don't know, I don't know what the odds are, but it's a very unlikely chance that you'd be able to, to successfully land a plane on that river. Yeah, and, um, well, I, your plane goes wrong, and not only to bring it down without it just spiralling out of the sky, but to bring it down on the only bit of ground for miles in any direction, which is flat enough to receive a plane hmm. without any wheels. Unbelievable. Yeah, and this is, um, the, the way this is told is that it's in a reality where this has happened before, um, but this time the, the added problem is the fact that there's a horde of zombies knocking about, which yeah. turns it into a great, uh, upbeat rescue story to an even more horrific if you can think of something even more horrific than a plane crash um, yeah. just disaster uh, it's quite movie. a trick isn't it to make a, a zombie to, to make a, an aeroplane crash even yeah. more horrifying and, and awful have them crash in a river full of zombies yeah 
and then yeah. have it narrated by like four different people behind a camera. Yeah. All really kind of barely concerned for the human well-being of the people being killed. Yeah. Yeah. So we should say the video files are taken from it's someone's camera up in a building sort of, sort of in New York. So they're sort of in a little safe house up at the top of the uh, top of a large building and they're looking down on this plane which has landed in the river. Um, and they watch it all all unfold. Did you make the connection between what we just read and this? Did you assume that this is the same plane? No, I didn't, which must mean hmm. that I'm extraordinarily thick. Uh, not really. I, I, don't think it, I don't think it makes it obvious that it is, and I'm, I'm not sure if it even is, but that was the first thing I thought was, oh, maybe this is the plane um, yeah. which well, this woman was on. But the thing is, that's exactly the kind of link that I love. Like, I really love plotting that works like that. And, you know, you know, you've got something from one perspective on the inside, and then you swing right back, mm. and it's linked together. And I like that feeling of a coherent world. I'll go over very briefly what happens, but uh, you can kind of you kind of see what's coming. But the plane lands; it's in the middle of the river, so they've got to, the survivors have got to work out to get off. They get a raft working. And um, pretty much as soon as that happens, the zombies arrive. And the zombies are actually under the water. They pull the raft down, and it's a bloodbath, and then they all climb yeah. onto the plane. And it's yeah. the real horror of it is just the fact that it's there's just no escape. Is that for the people on that plane, there's yeah. nothing you can do, and they know yeah. it. And I think it ends with two two women are on the sort of nose of the plane, back to back, trying to sort of kick off the zombies, and then eventually they get dragged in as well. And that was, I thought, I don't know, I made the my my mind made the connection. I thought she's probably one of the women on the on the webcast. But um, I mean, there's that would no, make sense. There's no evidence. That's a that's a classic zombie movie scene. Mm, yeah, like you're on you're on the nose of a sinking plane fighting off zombies. I'd love to see that bit filmed. Yeah, and it's just that kind of thing where there, there really is no point to fighting because it's utterly hopeless. But you just do it anyway because you know what else is there to do? That's what you do. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder whether zombies can swim. I mean, clearly they can. They can float. But like in this reality, whether or not whether if you'd have just embraced it and jumped in and just gone for it, um, whether, you know, uh, like like whether what whether the one of the zombies would have had the wherewithal to go and like <laughs> swirl round in the water and then dive after you, mm. or if it would have just been like if all you needed to do was swim ten meters down and be like, well, I think I think one or two of them do try to make a swim for it at the start and they get dragged under. So oh. they, they do get. So this is, this is like a, oh, no, that's right. I'm forgetting, aren't I? Because at one point, somebody on the voiceover on the video says, imagine how many bodies get dumped in the Hudson. Yeah. And yeah. so there's this idea that somehow all of these bodies have become reanimated. Yeah. So I, I, has there been one particularly kind of resourceful zombie? Like a, a zombie who's <laughs> treating it like a game of GTA where he's trying to find all the secrets. Just like <laughs> gone around and swam under the water and bitten every individual partially decomposed corpse under the Hudson River just to get like maximum points. Well, this zombie isn't... high score! Ooh, <laughs> more brain! Well, this is another example really where the, there are inconsistencies in, 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 what, in how the disease works because... Um, you have to already be. You have to. I think you have to be infected while you're alive, because th there are examples in the book where zombies just ignore people who are either already infected or who are dead. There are, yeah. So yeah, there's an. So there's an. Unless when he says about the number of bodies dumped there, he's referring to the number of infected bodies which they've just when they've been trying to clean up, they've dumped in the river. But I, I don't know. I I thought like you that it was. A more general point in which case there's an inconsistency it doesn't add up again also i thought with the yeah. river um i think the point they were making is that zombies don't don't float because the because they don't have these gases in them anymore um or something true. which means yeah. they can wander around on the bottom of the river it's an idea which is in the max brooks books as well <clears throat> but if that's the case surely the river would be too deep there for them to be able to reach up and grab people or or pull down a, a raft Oh, that's very true. So they shouldn't float. So this would just be like so much waterlogged meat. Yeah. We continue with this mixture now of video files and blogs where we, we shift perspectives from the people at the top of the building to this um, this soldier uh, who has been sort of involved in operations on the ground in New York. And uh, there's various uh, there's various parts to this. But, I mean, to... to 
to, to sum it up, basically, what her her journey is she she was part of a unit which uh, was sent down into a subway to um, I assume to investigate or on some kind of mission and was ambushed by a lot of zombies. There's this very graphic, desperate struggle between the soldiers and the zombies, which yeah. the soldiers lose, and she manages to escape. And uh, and then it's, it's sort of her journey across the city, isn't it? She she comes across a couple of groups of survivors. One of them she thinks is really weird and she's really uncomfortable with. And there's also this guy who she comes across who's she thinks he's executing people. She thinks he's some kind of weird militia guy, and he's got these uh, these people on the floor with bags over their heads, and he's he's shooting them. So she yeah. shoots him, and then real it turns out these these figures are actually zombies. Is he shooting them? I thought he was chopping their heads off. Chopping the heads off, yeah, you're right, yeah. He's, yeah, got, he he's got a massive machete and he's just sort of, you know, <laughs> chopping yeah. them up into small little thin chunks. And... Yeah. Um, so imagine you're so frightened of these zombies that you're, you know, you're ready to assume that anybody in shape is a psychopath or a zombie. Yeah. And then you have to, because of a mistake you make, you have to go and kill more of them. And then she has to kill him as well. Because he oh, says, yeah. it's, you know, it, this is your, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in pet, I'm suffering. It's your fault. You've got to finish me off. And yeah. he's, it, it's, it's a, he says the, uh, his line. It's, quite, it's I think it's like a, a, a real American football trope line. The get, get her done. Um, is, is what he shout, keeps shouting to her before she. Before no, she do you know who him. that is? Do you know what? He's funnier than that. Oh, is it's, it? There's an American stand-up comedian called Larry the Cable Guy, whose catchphrase, <laughs> it's trademarked, is get her done. Like oh right, G I T dash R dash D O N E. The only time I've seen seen that phrase is um, as part there's a TV series called Friday Night Lights, which is about American football, and it's mm. used in that as well. Um, oh, is it? Yeah, in 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 the context of you know uh, doing what you need to do to win a game. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe there are two versions of it, or maybe we it, maybe well, it might be some just... massive pop culture thing in America, which we just don't get. She's missing. Americans, if we're wrong, please let us know. Yeah, do. Yeah, that's the benefits of an international podcast, I suppose, isn't it? The, the, the final uh, video file uh, for this soldier, um, there's this evacuation message which is going out across New York, and it's basically along the similar lines to what happened in London. Um, obviously, the the infection has... Attempts to control the infection have failed in New York as well, and they're getting ready to what i assume drop a massive bomb on it uh like they did in london because the yeah. very final bit as well there's a little handwritten note saying uh, you may as well tell the pilots to saddle up which um is pretty disturbing as well very although it, there was a i think it kind of that little note dumped me out of the story a little bit because presumably somebody's found these videos mm. and bothered to transcribe them so this is like i said back in the first podcast as well this fire damaged laptop like there's enough government competence that somebody's gone through the ashes of building or the ashes yeah. of New York to find these recordings and gone, well, posterity still matters despite the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> so I'm going to write all of these up. Oh, I suppose they, they could have got it off the internet. But then, yeah, Was she uploading it, it at the same time? I think, does she not say still got an ink uh, when she's doing the blog at the start? Um, end of the world, but the internet still... Uh... So I, Ooh, well, well, I mean, in that case, that's actually really good then, isn't it? Because it's like somebody transcribing it in real time, just not yeah. caring that there's somebody still down there and yeah. saying, sending the plane. Yeah, actually, Ooh. yeah. No, we thought about it. Maybe that does work. This next part, which is a collection of... Um, I really liked it. It's a, it's a load of different stories, switching between stories within a story and... Um, the story. <laughs> if you just let, <laughs> let me just explain. There's a there are, there's an author, a young like a teenage teenage lad, and yeah. uh, his his grandfather was also an author. So what we get is his this guy's the young lad's diary, um, his attempts at uh, writing a story, and also excerpts from his granddad's stories as well are in there, and then there yeah. are various other bits and pieces to fill it out. And I just love this these different perspectives that kept coming in to tell what was essentially another linear story about um, how the zombie apocalypse reaches another family. Yeah. But I, I thought it was really imaginative. I liked it, but I thought it was a bit too kind of diffuse. 
I liked it because it gave you, it was a very, I thought it was a really clever way of getting you to feel a whole family's experience within a yeah. few short paragraphs. Yeah. You know, so, and, and that's something that I think really brings kind of, um, like, weight to it. Uh, Although I have to say, I thought this was, I don't know whether this was written by an American or not, but it sounded very true to American. Like, it mm. sounded, like, it, there was there was a taste of, like, Garrison Keillor about, about the writing, you know, that kind of Lake Wobegon days kind of. Um, the grandfather, the the who, who is it? Who is in in the in the book a, a famous author? Um, yeah. He's called Will Holloway. Did you get a, a sort of a, a bit of a Hemingway feel to him? Obviously, the name is very yeah. similar. Oh, that's it. I no, I I didn't think of that. I get the feeling that Hemingway would have been a bit more kind of down the line. You know, he would have just presented mm. the story and let it be its own moral. Whereas yeah. there was a lot more of the internal such and such was thinking this and such and such was thinking that. In the Holloway stuff, I don't know. I, I, th- I think, it, to be honest, I think it was more the fact that the name's similar. So I, I thought, is it trying to push us towards that kind of comparison? If you, if you, that would be a gutsy move on the part of an author, wouldn't it? To say yeah. this character I'm writing is right is is himself a writer, and the writing I'm writing for him is like Hemingway. <laughs> that, yeah. that would be, you know, I'm extremely impressed by the way that this is written. You know. For more conversation about Hemingway, visit. The uh, the first podcast we did is we did the old man in the sea. There you go, little 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 cross promotion for you there. Okay, so let's just go through briefly what happens with this this guy, yeah. this lad. So, um, like we say, there's a it, it's a teenage guy, and he's he's trying to make his own stabs at writing his own fiction, which I think quite a few of us have done. I mean, I know I've done it in the past, and oh, that kind of spoke yeah. quite true to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with the limited uh, success that he, he has with it. It's not the greatest story in the world that he comes up with. Um, well, not so far, but practice makes perfect. Yeah, exactly, yeah. His story is called Something Undead This Way Comes. Um, <laughs> I like that. I quite liked the, the echo as well between... There's an extract from uh, from Will Halloway, who's the granddad. It sort of mirrors what, uh, what, what his what grandson writes. So... Um, In the End of Innocence by Will Halloway, the first line is, school was out and the dread days of September were a whole summer away. And then the start of of his grandson's story, if I can bring up the page, school was out and the dread days of September were a whole summer away. So while while, uh, the the grandson is trying to write this story, he's also in his room looking across the street to his, uh, to this, to his na- through his neighbor's window, kind of creepy, kind of teenage boy crushy, on sort of a, a girl at the same age as him. It was a risky he... move, this wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> this, this sort of like, is this kid going to be, you know, do I want this kid to survive? Or is he... <laughs> like every every page I turned, I was going to be, I like, I was, I was kind of wondering whether it was going to be he pressed himself up against the glass. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or if yeah. it was, you know. Um, it is. It is fairly objectively. It is extremely creepy, by the way. But yeah. like, but you know, there are two directions to take that. Yeah, I think it definitely goes down the line of just schoolboy, kind of schoolboy crushes, isn't it? There's, a, there's an element of peeping tom there, which is, uh, yeah, yeah, like you say, a little uncomfortable. But you know, as the story develops, it it it, it becomes obvious that they both quite like each other, and it's a sort of girl next door kind of story happening but with the added addition of zombies um so two of the things to move the plot along the first one is that this guy's mum and dad um his dad's working on a cure and he's quite high up in the sort of uh, in the structure of the american government it seems or he's a scientist yeah. working quite high up in that structure he's trying to find a way of curing the infection um also uh, his mum is also involved and i think we're supposed to get from this that his mum and his dad are the two people having that conversation with the web chat earlier on the reason i say that is because he is living in is it akron or akron in america uh, i think it's akron ohio akron ohio and that is yeah. the uh that is the flight is from new york to akron the one that goes down with the web chat oh. so yeah and his mum is to- uh, at the yeah. start is talking about things getting a bit crazy in new york so yeah, I think that's yeah. the. Way, so it's, I think this whole thing is supposed to all tie together, 
these different perspectives. And also, so there's, so there's that. And then there's also this developing story with the girl called Leaf across the street, who uh, her mum and dad go out on this charity walk. And that's pretty much the point where the zombie apocalypse reaches this uh, part of the world because her dad comes back uh, from the walk, but he comes back not as a dad. We've seen it before, uh, zombies yep. returning to their homes, and this is yep. another example. But luckily this time, um, the, the, the so I'll stop referring to him as a teenager and call him Jeffrey. He's called Jeffrey, this teenager. Jeffrey sees what's happening, and he and calls no up. Yeah, he's no fool. He calls up Leaf and tells her to, to, to stay away from her dad who's trying to get in the house. And there's this climactic scene where a sh- there's a sh- there's a sheriff involved there's a teenage boy there's a teenage girl there's a zombie dad there's a um you know scientist who may or may not have a cure and and, and all this and what ends up what, what ends up happening is the girl gets bitten she dies but we may have found a cure because uh the doctor <laughs> Jeffrey's dad. <laughs> God, there's so many characters to keep up with here. If you haven't read the book, you, you must be lost. But anyway, Jeffrey's dad sticks leap, sticks the girl's uh, fingers in a plug socket to give her a massive electric shock. <laughs> and this in some way may have brought her back to life. Yeah. Now, Dave, the very last part of this whole passage from multiple perspectives and multiple different stories within stories ends with a dedication from um, from Jeffrey, the teenager, to Leaf, yeah. the girl across the street. Did you? What did you take from that? The dedication reads, let me read it out for you. Dedicated to Leaf, thanks for falling for me, Jay. I thought that was just a bit of a goofy, you know, he's, he's got, like, in a sense, it was a happy ending. He's got, he's got a crush on this girl. The girl seems to be reciprocating those feelings. He's written a story out of it, and then we're moving forward. Well, that's one way of looking at it. Okay, and that was oh, my God, first. Ruined my happy feeling. What, what was well, your way of looking at it? There are, there are there are two other ones that I I can I can see as as possible ways of reading this in the context of the rest of the book. One is that because that it's the kind of dedication that you would make maybe to someone who isn't here anymore. So it could mean that she's died that it wasn't effective in the end. Could be. Or we've had this example of people turning into zombies and keeping some of their own um, instincts. And what happens when that happens is, is normally, you know, people still kind of do what they used to do, but sort of to a lesser extent. So when people continue to write messages, they're much, more, they're much shorter. Take, for example, the guy who is texting his girlfriend and suddenly yeah. when, when he's texting as a zombie, it's very short. Or the um, a bit later on, we'll see uh, when, when you have this movie producer who turns into a zombie and invites the other guy over, and it's very short again. And I just thought maybe this is, maybe the final bit that he's writing here is after as he's turned into a zombie. Yeah. Well, you know, so I, I liked the first reading, your reading, because um, I like a little bit of optimism in the book. And it gives us something to hold on to, um, other than the the rest of the book is the zombies win, don't they? Every single every time. time. Every uh, single time. And th- this is the only part where they may haven't, th- th- it, it may have been a good ending. So yeah. let's, let's, let's cling to that, Dave. Let's cling let's, to it. Let's, let's cling, cling to it like a sinking ship in the Hudson River. Yeah, let's cling to it like two survivors of a downed plane surrounded by zombies in the water with it all going wrong. <laughs> let's, let's do that okay next bit mexico we're going to mexico, mexico. um finally it's almost, it's almost as if the book heard me laughing at the fact that we've only stayed in the english-speaking world because here we go yeah. rinto rinto quite luckily for us the the person who's transcribed this has transcribed it in english so we don't have to try and That's translate very, the spanish very public spirited of them it's good of them isn't it so, so this this is a uh, is it a TV program or a radio program? I think it's a radio program, um, and it, and it's in two yeah. parts. It's, it, it, it's sort of got two stories to it, really. The first one is this recollection of how the zombie outbreak happened in Mexico, and it was in a slum, um, and it, it shows the Mexicans even in the slum there seemed to be a more organised reaction to this 
at first. It's almost as if they were better prepared for it than um, maybe uh, the more rationalist uh, societies, in, you know, the, oh, the Western that's societies. That's an interesting reading of it. But yeah, yeah. Because I people don't mean. seem as people seem to deal with it much more quickly. When someone goes mad and starts trying to bite people, there's not that moment of paralysis, which is fatal for, um, for say, what happens in England, where the, the, the authorities respond quickly and brutally and, and try and pluck these infected people out of, the, uh, out of the area. It doesn't work because the area gets overrun anyway. But um, the response of the government seems to be a decision to shell the, uh, the slump basically reduce it, just flatten it. It's not all despair because there are people who say, you know, maybe this isn't on. Um, so it, it turns into a standoff between the army and a ring of protesters around the slum, trying to protect, yeah. it, trying to protect the slum. No pasaran. Um, yeah. Although, if you're going to shell it, I mean, you can just fire the shells over the protesters. Yeah, into the you middle would think of the they slum. would have thought of that, wouldn't you? Yeah, they did. Clearly, they're not, they're not as adept at mass atrocities as you are. So you've got this standoff between the army and the protesters. And, you know, the zombies are all shambling around trying to get into barricaded buildings and stuff because the the survivors in the slums are, you know, fighting desperately for their lives. And then the zombies sort of get wind of a bit of commotion going on. There seems to be a big party going on between a load of of healthy people who seem to be distracted. And they think, you know what, let's get a piece of the action. So the zombie hordes decide to join in with this protest and just eat everybody. I thought this was good because this is one of the one of the occasions in the book where people don't seem to be aware that they're in a zombie story. Felt very real that there was this kind of popular protest against perceived government tyranny. Mm. That's there's a, there's a strong tradition of that in South America, um, and uh, so I kind of bought it despite thinking you poor bastards. Like I really, I really didn't like the fact that acting in a way that showed compassion to their fellow man made these protesters most likely to become zombies. Yeah, I thought something that was quite vivid about this part as well is that one of the survivors from the protest says, "The first thing that alerts you to the arrival of a big group of zombies isn't the sounds, it isn't the sight of them coming over the hill, it's the smell." Yeah, and uh, I, I always thought I, that was quite powerful. Yeah, I always think s- smells are always very a very good way to sort of put you in the put you in the moment, aren't they? Um, and it's a so often were you, neglected. Were you sense. kind of wishing they'd have put a scratch card in there, like scratching? Absolutely not. <laughs> At this moment, <laughs> scratch box X to, to, to <laughs> smell the stench of, of rotting food. dead people <laughs> in a in a Central American city. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think this is one of the reasons why it wasn't. They often try to bring in. Um, oh, there's always this talk when you see watch technology shows and stuff. The next step for TV is smell-o-vision, where they're going to pump sort of smells into your room to give you a fuller experience, and it yeah. never takes off because people don't want to smell horrible things. And I don't. I don't know how yeah. you, people try. Why people constantly try to market it as an idea? That's true. Well, I told you. I told you about the John Waters thing. Once didn't I? The fact that he, when this was a gimmick back in cinema in the 70s, he made a yeah. film um, where, you know, there was, everybody got given a scratch card when he went in, but like, he, he just really wanted to take the piss out of the audience. So he had like a rose garden was the first one and he scratched it and it was dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's really proud to this day that he got people to pay $7 a pop to smell dog shit. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. it's so horrible, isn't it? It's, it's deeply horrible. But the, but then imagine Romero doing it for Dawn of the Dead or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so there's that bit, there's that story, and then there's another story, which is um, we've got another religious cult angle coming in here, um, and this is the, uh, the, the, the there's a famous Santa Muerta um, is yeah a female folk saint venerated primarily in Mexico and the U.S. personification of death. She's associated with healing, protection, and the safe delivery to the afterlife of her devotees. All oh, right, well, and so that's the... quite interesting. Then, given that the spin that they put on it here is not so much safe delivery to the afterlife as um, reanimation in order to utterly avoid the afterlife. Yeah, yeah. I think what what they've done here, similar to that, they've done it with they've done it with Catholicism earlier on in the book as well. They sort of take. Yeah. 
um, what is you know something which it does exist, and then yeah, they, they they twist it into something a bit more you know more sinister with this. So the the Santa Muerte thing takes on a um, a, a more a more dangerous and insidious vibe um, yeah. with the addition of zombies and, and the reaction to it. It basically builds to a climax where we have this reporter who's out and about. The, the reporters in this story are all idiots. And this guy, um, with complete disregard for his uh, for for what he knows about zombies knocking about everywhere, goes for a yeah. little explore down into these crypts of this church and finds a massive subterranean church filled with zombies all sitting in pews like a congregation and they all turn around see him arrive and then tear him apart there's a a, (laughs) the uh the book is described that this bit is described as a you know you've got you've got his his report and then he's shouting dead 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 they're all dead and then it just says sounds of rending and feeding which is grim see it's to put it mildly yeah. Um, I thought it was very, very atmospheric. Yeah. Like, creepy as fuck. Yeah, I liked as it. A good piece of zombie fiction should be. Yeah, as as a piece of yeah, as a piece of just really like gothic horror. I thought it was as, as I thought as, yeah, as a horror piece, as a horror set piece. I thought it was brilliant. I tell you what, I thought was quite striking as well was this idea of a journalist who's so obsessed with getting the scoop that yeah. because at one point he says, doesn't he, like nobody else knows these people down here i've got inside information not even the army know they're here yeah. going in and yeah. he goes downstairs and he narrates you know there's blood all over the walls and the floor and people have been up and down this a lot and then then he then he yells that they're all dead causing <laughs> them to turn around and see him yeah like that's somebody who doesn't give a crap about staying alive as long as he gets as long as he gets an epitaph of you know ace zombie war reporter yeah yeah, and it is. It's one. Of, it's another great example of where we've got so many um, opportunities to 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 be reading it, thinking, "Turn around, don't go into the cellar." You know, <laughs> it's, it's another one of those. Isn't <laughs> oh it? yeah, it was. This is absolutely. Don't go in there. He's behind the door. Yeah, and and you you read. I I was reading it, wondering, you know, just how bad has it got to get before he realizes that he's that he's in a dangerous position here because he seems to be oblivious to it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, there's also just the other thing to mention from this chapter is there's a professor on this broadcast as well who gives us a little bit of more of an explanation of what they think about the nuts and bolts of how the zombie infection is spreading. He says that it, it began with fleas, but now yeah. it's 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 just transmitted by humans. And there's a there's a theory that the the zombies bite other people, not because they want to eat human flesh, but because they just want to spread the plague. Yeah, so this idea of like the zombies are themselves the virus. I I quite liked. I I appreciated, you know, ninety percent of the way through the book, a call back to this first, the first bit of the book, and there was this fleas, really interesting idea, lots of fleas, mm. um, and then it, which is just completely forgotten. And at yeah. least at least then they put in a sentence at this point that kind of called back to it and said, you know, oh yeah, also the fleas. Um, yeah. Because it's not difficult to write that kind of thing in, and I thought this was, I thought this was a bit of a failing of the book, like as a whole, really. That it, I, don't, I really don't think whoever edited it got everybody together and said, "Look, this is the way the zombie horde works." Yeah, they just kind of went, "Just write whatever you want, really." So <laughs> some, you know, you've got somebody talking about the smell coming down, and that's a really great idea and really powerful, but it doesn't come in until this segment. Yeah, because presumably the person that wrote this segment didn't write any of the other segments, and this segment came later in the book. And earlier on, yeah. you've got the zombies and the the, uh, the fleas moving the zombies, and that's just like that's creepy as, and yeah. that's an incredible idea. And can you imagine not just trying to get away from the zombies' teeth, but trying to get away from the fleas to jump off of them? Mm, yeah, and, and all of that. But then nobody else uses it for like the rest of the book. It seems, feels to me like they were all given a really rough outline, and then said, you know, build on that. So here, are the, here are the bare bones of what I want, and now just build something around it. Which is a really interesting idea, but yeah, you run into these continuity problems because people add their own embellishments which don't fit with what other people put in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, right. Shall we move on to the next piece? Let's. Um, this is uh, a conversation and a draft film script between a guy called Cliff 
uh, who's the writer, and a guy called Scott, who's the producer. It's set yeah. in California, and it's these two guys oblivious to the zombie outbreak, other than for the fact that it might make a fantastic blockbuster film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought this was absolutely hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> um, I thought it was the funniest. It was the only part of the book that made me actually laugh out loud. And, oh, um, really? Cool. Yeah, I thought it was great, because it is, especially the guy's script, they, they take the most ridiculous, broad, yeah. terrible blockbuster written by a real fool. And uh, it's it's just, I just thought it was really, really funny. Some of the um, <laughs> some of the things that happen in the, in the, yeah. some of the way he describes the scripts and some of the things that happen in the film. More than that, like I think it's easy to write letters from an idiot to another idiot about a subject that's moronic. Yeah. But the script I actually thought was really clever. Because yeah. it's, a, it's perfectly parodies the way that, like, I've read several kind of Hollywood scripts like this, and yeah. and and it is that kind of idiot instinct turned up to eleven. Yeah, of like, you know, like who who gives a crap whether the girl is traumatized by this experience? The two important beats that we have in the script are that she's hot and that she says something <laughs> funny and does something sassy, and. <laughs> Uh, and, and then, and similarly, the guy, I, I forget even what his wisecrack is, but he sort of drives a car through a zombie and says something. Oh, it's, it's, it's a black, ta- it's a black cab, isn't it? It's a London Oh yeah, cab. it's a, they're in London <laughs> and it's a black cab. And I just. What the script is, it's, it's, it's a ridiculous zombie film and it's just a, it's an action sequence where there's the a, a he- sequence, right? yeah, there's a hero and a heroine. Who are, it's the opening sequence, but it also seems to be the like. It seems to be all over by the end of it. Um, there's a hero and a heroine, and there's a sidekick who drives a London t- a black car who comes in to help rescue them. They're yeah. fighting off zombies, making wisecracks, um, blowing up various landmarks in London for no apparent reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, blowing up the landmarks. It reminds me of um, uh, Team America. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, isn't it? Where you've got an opening sequence where you blow up the Eiffel Tower just to blow up the fucking Eiffel Tower because you're the fucking boss. And that, like, sort of absolute, like, balls out total disregard for any sort of realism action movie. Yeah. Um, which, do you know what? People don't make very many of those of late. Like, it's it's all kind of realistic comic book heroes. But, you know, this is, this is kind of a... What this is is an 80s action movie, kind of. Yeah take on a zombie apocalypse well i always wanted to pick out one or two bits just to give you an example of the, the things i particularly liked about it one of them is the fact that yeah the heroine is this sort of extremely attractive woman in her early 20s and uh and at the very start she's she's sort of shopping in the middle of the zombie apocalypse and then finds a little top that she likes and it says uh claire peels off her blood and ghost soaked t-shirt Every guy in the theatre has just decided he's had more than his ticket when he's worth, but there's no reaction from Jack, who's a hero, uh, because he's <laughs> you know heroes, cool. They're too cool for that. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a. Uh, I love the fact that I mean they, they the the author uh, makes fun of this, and then the the actual producer uh, pulls up the the script writer on it. Is that yeah. just the use of London landmarks and the fact that it, uh, there's <laughs> there's Piccadilly Circus. Next to London Bridge, which isn't even London Bridge, it's Tower oh, yeah, Bridge. Yeah, he's got that London Bridge with the towers on. Says. <laughs> yeah. which is which is like I said, next to St Paul's, next to Piccadilly Circus, which also includes the Cavern Club, which uh, yeah, where the Beatles yeah, played. That was, which, if you don't know, point, is in I laughed aloud. I was just I lost it. <laughs> it's really good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, my favourite bit was that it takes place in Harrods. <laughs> like they drive, a, they drive a black cab through the wall of Harrods, which is next to both Piccadilly Circus, London Bridge, and some. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you if you've never visited London um, or don't know anything about it, the, all those locations, as you may have guessed, are several miles from each other. Um, <laughs> and the Cavern Club is is several hundred miles from from London as well. I'll pick pick one more one more example out from the, what was a frankly superb uh, bit of comedy writing. Um, there's a there's a moment in the script which is just about an explosion, and uh, and it's described as capital letters boom exclamation 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 mark, 
the capital's biggest fucking explosion you've ever seen in your entire movie-going life. Suck on it, Michael Bay. Kiss my white ass, Roland Emmerich. Go eat at the kids' table, J.J. Abrams. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. I just, I just love how... Um, I just I love everything about this script. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, it's also funny how the, as the sidekick, as a stereotypical sidekick, he suggests Jonah Hill, who's the guy who was in <laughs> Superbad with the curly hair, um, who would actually be perfectly cast in. <laughs> That's very true. Very yeah. very true. And and um, when when the producer replies to the writer to talk about how he he likes the script. He says that Jonah Hill might be a possibility because he's just said that Superbad Four has uh, has has just died at test screening. Which... So I'm wondering when when <laughs> Superbad Two and Three come out. <laughs> Superbad Four. I hope they got four films out of it. Yeah, yeah I really like <laughs> Superbad. It's a great sort of uh, like uh, it's like American Pie. It's a great teen coming of age movie. But <laughs> I suppose they got loads of American Pies out of it, didn't they? Let's just talk about the end of there's a, there's an email exchange after the script um, as this guy tries to get tries to get it signed off so we can make it and um, oh actually I wanted to ask you if they did make this film as it is in the script would you go and see it? No, kidding. <laughs> I might go and see it. Oh, for shame. <laughs> Oh, it's a pile of crap. Just Honestly, the, it is. But imagine the trailer. Yeah. Right, and what driving a, a London black cab through the zombie of Nicholas Hawksmoor. Yeah, and then imagine the sort of a bit of hype around it, saying it's the most outrageous, uh, you know, balls to the wall action zombie film you've ever seen. Big budget. I think. I honestly think part of the reason this is so funny is because if it was made, it might just be a hit. <laughs> oh, fair enough. But I don't know. I don't think I would. No, it, it's a ho- it, it's a, it's a horrible. It would be a horrible film for various reasons. Um, you know, but you could be shallow misogyny to go and see on a Friday night. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it it seems like the kind of dumb film that would be a big success. Uh, after this email exchange about trying to get it made, what happens is uh, Scott, the writer, gets a few replies which seem quite uh, positive oh, from the Cliff producer. The writer, Sorry, yeah, Cliff uh, gets a few I'm, I'm re- replies. Like yeah, gets a few replies which seem quite positive, and then all communication seems to stop from Scott's end, the producer, until after a few uh, worried emails. From uh, from the writer Scott reply Scott replies, uh, Cliff, come in for a meeting. Door always open. Eager to pick your brains. Scott. Hey, <laughs> at that point you're like, yes, that yeah, like more like if that had been a gag in the script, like that's a movie I go and see. Yeah, you like the idea of like zombie go getting businessmen. Like, yeah, kind of. Hi, yeah, hi, brains, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love um I, I just saw him after he'd written that uh scott um saying eager to pick your brain just sitting back and sort of rubbing his hands together and going good <laughs> good <laughs> uh, okay the next bit um it's a bit of a crash the brakes on here it's like the the, the audience has been warmed up beautifully by this really funny script and um and then we get into there's a few I don't want to rag on this too hard, but it's the the next bit is a collection of zombie songs, and what what it is is that uh, um, it's zombie novelty tracks from which have been taken from YouTube, you know, fictional zombie novelty tracks taken from the fictional version of YouTube, um, and it's just a lot of lyrics. So they've basically taken a lot of songs and twisted the lyrics to make them zombie like. Uh, where did you come down on this? <laughs> I just I don't. <laughs> I don't understand why you, you write something really good and I like it, and then and then go and write <laughs> the, the zombie motion. Everybody's doing a brand new dance now. Zombie motion. <laughs> oh, oh, this in this section. It didn't piss me off. It, it just, it, it was just like, what a fucking letdown. <laughs> what did you think of it? I know you'll get to like it if you give it a 
film emotion. Do you know what? It, uh, when I was writing the notes for it, I got up sort of halfway through writing zombie motion and just sort of trailed off almost into a, a yawn yeah. on the page. It's all, it's the kind of thing, it's not bad, uh, but it's not great. And you're just it's reading, not, I mean, it's, it's funny. Though. It, no, it, it's like, not, it's, it's brief. Not, <laughs> it's, it's brief, yeah. That's a, the best <laughs> review we can give this section of the book is that it's brief. It feels rushed, is what it feels like. It feels like yeah. somebody at the end of the book has just gone, oh, I need to come up with some zombie songs. Yeah, I've got to admit, I'm not even sure I read all of Zombie Motion. I think I may have got down to the first bit well, and the, like sort of thought, right, I know where this is going, that'll do, and then moved on. Well, you may notice that I quote the Zombie Motion and then don't name any of the lyrics. <laughs> Honestly, that's because I read the Zombie Motion and then I just flicked past the rest of the lyrics. I was like, yeah, I just like, I just got a line here or there, and it's still shit, still shit. Yeah, because you'd already been exposed to the monkeys with her hair with the zombies one. Um, and uh, what's like, the other when one? something like that? I, honestly, it brings out the it brings out the primary school teacher. I'm not angry, I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think we're both agreed. As far as we're concerned, it was a bit lame. That wasn't it. Pile of shite. It was a bit lame, but like you say, you can do funny songs about zombies. You can, and I've seen it done. There's a, a pair of um, songwriters uh, from York, actually, uh, which is where we went to university. Uh, who um, kind of like a British Flight of the Concords. And they've got one. Um, it's it's magnificent. It's everything that these songs in this book fail to be. Um, uh, it's it's called Infected. And have we got a bit of it to listen to? Yeah, yeah, let's uh, do it. Let's have a little bit. And now you're infected But it doesn't mean I don't still love you your heart's disconnected So now my heart will have to beat for two It was unexpected But together I know that we'll pull through Oh, if she's infected, can I be infected too? Magnificent. I mean, I I just, Like, when you... So you can do bad puns on Kylie Minogue and the Monkey songs Or you can write a love song <laughs> about somebody who's so in love with somebody that he's like, I, I don't care. She's a zombie. I don't, she is my beloved. So very much a shout out to those guys. It's um, uh, Chris Bush and Ian McCluskey. They're mm. on Twitter as at, at Bush McCluskey. Go check them out. Um, well, why don't we tweet the uh, the link to that to that song yeah. as well? If you want to hear the full yeah, song, yeah. we'll uh, we'll, we'll pop do. it out on we'll uh, Shark Liver Oil. Uh, yeah. So give us a follow on Twitter, and you'll be able to you'll be able to find it. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Uh, right, let's move on to the last couple of bits. Oh, we're coming to the end now. Mm. Uh, there's an address from the President of the United States of America mm. to his fellow Americans. This is supposed to give us, um, and I'll, I'll be interested to see whether this worked for you or not. Um, mm. it, at the start, I think you're supposed to think, ooh, this looks quite hopeful. The President's addressing the nation. He's talking about how we've come through a really difficult, a difficult time. time, you know, yeah. we've, we've managed to, we've, we'll continue and we'll survive and we'll go on. And as we read through the address, we realize that it isn't all it seems. It isn't, it isn't the human president, <laughs> basically. And he's, it's a, it's a zombie president addressing the, what is now the zombie nation. Well, first of all, can I say, I love that we've managed to get nearly all the way through this book without making a reference to the song Zombie Nation. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe putting a slice of that there as well. I can't. I was still kind of waiting for the punchline when it finished. Like I, I read it and I thought, on the one hand, I thought it was a good way of tying up a thread that's been loose since, since the Zombie King blog, where he witnesses a zombie who's clearly older, than, who died before the invention of the car, get into mm. a car and try and drive it off. Kind yeah. of ties that up because he says that he was just a janitor and he got bitten and he started buying all these intelligent people and got all of their skills. So it, it kind of puts a bow on that and I was quite grateful for that because I just, pretty much by this point, I'd lost all faith that any of these loose ends with which the book is littered were ever going to be called back to. Yeah. Um, and that felt like a great narrative waste. So I liked that they kind of, that didn't happen here. But yeah. Still, I was reading it like I kind of struggled to care because, okay, so you're making an address to the nation 
so what, you've got a zombie cameraman? Like, I think this was, you know, you've got a zombie cameraman and you've got a zombie scriptwriter and you've yeah. got zombie staff who are <laughs> running the zombie TV network. And, yeah. you know, the zombie people at home are, are human enough that they want to watch their TV still and, and, yeah. and you know, all of this. So I, I thought that this idea, the world is now a zombie world, I yeah. thought that that could have been an incredibly powerful idea, but to put it all on one piece of writing and to resolve none of the questions raised by it, I thought it was a real letdown because you can do so much with that idea. I broadly agree. I, I, I do think, I mean, we, we may as well tie this in with the final passage as well is um, a letter from the Queen. Is that the Queen's address who, in who England. It turns out is still alive, despite the several bits of prose we've had previously indicating that she's dead. Well, no, I, I thought she was dead. I thought she was a zombie queen, though. No, she's a zombie queen, but, like, given that we're supposed to now be buying the idea of a zombie hegemony, um, yeah. like, uh, across the world, um, then I suppose it makes sense. But back then, when I read about the queen dying, I was just like, people are talking about it as though she's no longer there. You know what I mean? People are saying, yeah. you know, there was it was more than she's dead and become a zombie. It's like, she is absent. You know, the Queen is a lost cause. Sort of. Yeah. And not for nothing. Haven't they nuked London? <laughs> and it comes out on Buckingham Palace headed note paper. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is, like, is there, this is a spectacular plot hole. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was going to... Yeah, that's, that's shamble out it. along the A3, happening, like holding a sheaf of Buckingham Palace headed note paper so that she can <laughs> reform the government in Basingstoke or something. Yeah. Well, so I think we can we can basically agree that um we we don't really think it stuck the land in here, do we? Um it was no, the, the, the the big the big the big end didn't really work, although it was an interesting idea. Yeah. Um what yeah, about that was you... it. That's why I'm ang- uh, disappointed rather than angry. Could have been a great idea. Like this yeah. is, you know, like if I was a writer writing this, I'd give my eye teeth. Like I'd, I'd come up with this idea and then I'd knock off for the rest of the day to celebrate. Like this yeah. is just, this is fantastic plot, neat, and and it just feels like it's been wasted. Yeah. So, uh, what what about the whole book in general? What did 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 you like it as a when you finally put it down? What was your overall impression of it? Good ideas must try harder. Right. I think is how I felt about that because I like I say like there there are some bits of it which are incredibly well written. The bit with uh, the bit with Ruth G up in the tower block, yeah, yeah, is heartbreaking. Um, yeah. The uh, you know um, uh, what other good bits can we put on here? I I thought the government advisor runaway screaming sketch was hilarious. Um, yeah. And uh, but I I know you disagree. Um, um I I didn't think it was awful, but. Um, I thought it was a bit of a shoulder shrug for me. It but... was a, a bum note in the book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, there were bits of it that were great, and there are all sorts of interesting ideas, actually. Like, it's 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 a bag full of interesting innovations on the zombie idea, you know? Yeah. Zombies that learn, zombies that mm. don't care about eating, yeah. zombies that take over the world, yeah. and then a glimpse into the way that they might organise. That. That's fascinating. These yeah. are fantastic ideas. But because you haven't exercised a kind of strong enough editorial control over the content of any of this stuff, as a piece, mm. it falls before the last hurdle. But as a collection of short zombie fiction, it's fantastic. I thought, yeah, I thought there were bits that were brilliant. I, like like you, I really love the the Ruth stuff at the top of the uh, at the top of the tower there. Um, I thought the, the the stuff we talked about today with the script, the uh, yeah. the parody action eighties action movie script. It was really, really funny. Some of the horror, really ho- some of the things that happen are really genuinely horrifying. That I really Very did give true. us chills. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but but as a whole, um, I mean, I think I liked. I thought it was very, um, very fresh the way it was trying to tell a lot of stories from different perspectives and using different media. But so uh, transcripts of things, transcripts of video files, blogs. Also, I thought it was really, it was really uh, original. And yeah. I love that about it. Um, yeah. One of the things I think, which maybe is an inevitable 
aspect of that is because it's so many different perspectives, one, you can't really, um, unless it's it's particularly well written, like the Ruth chapter, you struggle to really relate to any of the characters. And also, uh, it, it yeah. does grind you down. I found myself getting really quite depressed reading it and and finding my finding my excitement dropped slightly and to be honest dave i think the the when we listen back to these podcasts it may reflect that i feel a bit more subdued in this cast than in the others and my excitement's decreased um as we've gone along yeah and I do think it's because it wears you down for constantly seeing characters that you may care a bit about dying horribly and then yeah. you're starting again, and after a while, you just you get it is tiring. Yeah, <laughs> and and it, it is yeah. quite depressing. And I, and I do think there's the book, and that might be the reason why the ending is a bit of a bum note because you've been ground down so much that maybe you're not ready for a for that kind of for more of a for more plot and more story. You just think, oh, it's a bit too yeah, much. I think I think it could be I think yeah. it could be half to two thirds the size and would be a better book for it. Right. Okay. Well, shall we go through a couple of reviews? Um, I have Ooh, got, yeah, not, yeah. No, I'd love to read. I'd love to hear that. I haven't done that many of them this time. We're running a bit long as it is. Um, but let's let's do one or two. There's one from Elaine, um, and she uh, she gave it two stars. She said she thought she says she thought it started much better than it than it ended. That the her favorite parts were the first bit hmm. of the book, uh, with the fleas and with the uh, yeah. the various accounts flying back and forth. It's very um, creepy to be. The, the beginning is very strong. Yeah. She's got a real problem with the um, with how the zombie virus changes. She says the book does the unforgivable sin of changing the virus. Zombies are fast. They possess memories. They can talk, learn, infect you with a scratch, travel in packs, possess basic hunting, hunting instincts, uh, text message, send email. Uh, she said, as I progress through the book, I find myself setting aside more and more of my disbelief as stranger things cropped up. And she had a problem with that. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I really can. Um, Dawn said it was a great concept, but uh, sorely lacking in finish, which is uh, similar to what what you said, really. Yeah, yeah. It was another two-star. Some people do really love it. Um, mm. uh, I mean, the guy, this guy Holden uh, said uh, he gave it five stars. And um, he says it was so good, I blew through it in less than 48 hours. Um not wanting to put it down. And I think that that is a, str- it is, I gotta admit when I read it, I read it very quickly because yeah. it is easy to, to, to just, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll read the next bit and I'll read the next yeah. bit as a page turner. It's very, very effective. Um, I and, agree with that. I found myself sucked into it. Yeah. So, so when we, when we do our sort of considered look back at it as we're doing now, I suppose it is worth remembering that if, if um, I don't know what other people thought of it, but it's probably worth remembering that how, quickly return the pages when we're going through it as well <laughs> jordan says that he thinks that the title zombie apocalypse sounds like a super cheesy b movie from the 50s just kind of good that's the point isn't it of zombie zombie books they're not trying to be original yeah exactly um which is funny because this one i suppose is just just before we we're coming to the end now but just before we finish um we did mention in the last cast oh no i'm not, not sure it stayed in we talked about off air about a very unusual, uh, <laughs> a very unusual uh, YouTube video, which is called Zombie Penguin, which is <laughs> it's, it's a seven-minute short film about a guy in a penguin suit. And by penguin suit, I don't mean dinner suit like tuxedo. I mean he's dressed as a giant penguin, and he turns into a zombie. And it's his yeah. journey as a zombie. <laughs> um. It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? It is ridiculous. It, but it, it, it must be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. a penguin costume. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's actually really rather good. Um, so what we'll do is we'll tweet it on uh, yeah. on sh- at Shark Liver Oil. But um, yeah, I'd really I'd really recommend it. It's it's very different, and um, I'd like to know what people think about it. But yeah, it's a zombie penguin, a zombie penguin suit, or something like that. <laughs> Dave. Matt. It's time to bring time. our to bring our zombie experience to the end. There is a zombie apocalypse follow up. There's a second book. Is there? Yeah. Oh, Lord preserve us. Um, Give it. Actually, should we put <laughs> Should we put that out to everybody? Like, if you've enjoyed reading Zombie Apocalypse <laughs> along with us, and you'd like to hear 
another Shark Liver Oil take <laughs> on yeah. Zombie, the, the sequel to Zombie Apocalypse. What's it called? It's Zombie Apocalypse Fight Back. It's called. Right. So if you would like us to do... To, to, to reload the shotgun, rehoist the cricket bat, and return <laughs> to the world of Zombie Apocalypse, for you, our loyal <laughs> listenership, we will do it. But if not, then quite frankly, I found myself a desert island with a lifetime supply of airline food dehydrated. <laughs> and I'm not moving. <laughs> yeah, so if you want us to review, if you want us to uh, to do the to do the uh, Shark Live Royal Zombie Apocalypse fight back, we are prepared to do it. Um, but it will be only, only if there is considerable interest. Cause, and only um, because we love you so fucking much. Yeah, it did become a bit of a slog towards the end, so... <laughs> Up to you guys. We'll 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 leave that on in the hands of uh, of the listeners. Uh, don't don't be don't be uh, emailing us, telling us to do it just so you can just laugh. Just so you us. can hear our <laughs> agony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe what we should do is if if people really want to do it, then we'll start reading them, and we'll yeah. we'll shorten the podcast directly in proportion with how depressing we find it to read the book. So if it's yeah. really awful, we'll just do a five minute podcast, um, oh, begging oh, to oh, be but... let off. Or we can say we'll do that. We'll continue doing the cast on it, but there'll be a minimum threshold of feedback. So um, <laughs> basically, if we're going to, we asking gonna... people to hand their homework. In. You're right, I'm going to say I'm saying, Dave, if we're going to read it, you're going to, you're damn sure you're going to have to fucking read it too. <laughs> 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 Brilliant. Yeah, this is a Stockholm syndrome deal, eh? Yeah. We don't get bad. out alive. Nobody else does. I feel bad for trashing it so much because I did. I really enjoyed it as I was reading it for most of it. it just yeah. when you finished and look back on it, I just thought, you know, I felt depressed. So um, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole again. But we will do it if uh, if you need we, to, if we need. We to. will. We will. Right. Okay. So this is um, as 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 through the rest of the casts. Uh, this is taken from an article on Cracked dot com uh, mm-hmm. by T E Sloth and David Wong, and it's called Five Scientific Reasons a Zombie Apocalypse Could Actually Happen. Number one on the list, I wasn't expecting. I was expecting it to be like, you know, uh, you know, to draw on, I don't know, but no, it's, it's, believe it or not, Matt, it's nanobots. The idea is that it's this cloud of little robots, yeah. really tiny robots. <laughs> now, according to crack.com, nanobots are a technology that science apparently engineered to make you terrified of the future. Okay. So these are tiny little robots that can reconstruct themselves and construct copies of themselves and invisibly build or destroy anything. The idea is you put nanobots in a, in a needle, inject them into somebody, and they'll go and fix heart disease or whatever. They'll yeah. search out the cancer and take it out of the body. Uh, of course, brain disease is also very troubling and very difficult to get a knife in to fix. So, hey, how about we send the nanobots in there? You begin to see where I'm going. Yeah. They could decide in a swarm to rewire your thoughts and even if you die they're going to carry on using your body to move around right they self-replicate however presumably the death of the host eventually means the death of the nanobots so in order to preserve themselves they need to transfer to a new host oh i've got the fear now dave i'm going to be i'm going to be peering out of my window Hoping against hope not to see a, a shambler. And well, well, if I do well, see one, hoping that it is once again just a local drunk <laughs> wandering past. Well, in that case, Matt, it may it may comfort you. I'm going to give you a little bonus piece of material here. Oh, bonus piece. Um, also, bonus from, cast. also from cracked.com, there is, a, uh, there is an article uh, mm. by David Dietl. Um, from 2010, called Seven Scientific Reasons a Zombie Outbreak Would Fail and Quickly. Mm. And I'll just read you number six here, which I've got. A zombie is a dead body, right? Mm. It's going to continue to rot. Mm. Right? So, think about how quickly meat goes bad if you leave it out in the sun. Right? Yeah. Now imagine that meat's trying to walk towards you. Imagine a pork chop. You left it out on the window <laughs> ledge. Defrosted. It's gone rotten. It's really yeah. not going to carry on walking towards you. Right, it's actually going to be consumed by the bacteria in its own gut, right? Because those, mm. they're there to digest meat, right? 
Other things in the uh, in the article include it's cold, meat freezes. So if you're if you're in a cold country, you're in Russia or Canada, oh, Iceland yeah. or somewhere, what you've got to do is wait for them to freeze solid because yeah, they've then, got no circulation. But once they thaw out, they'll still come for you. Yeah, but they're not going to thaw out because it's freezing. <laughs> as soon as right. there's a heat wave, you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So pray for bad weather, basically, is the message of that. <laughs> the other thing is that, right, if you're in a desert, you think, oh, they're definitely not going to freeze. But no, they'll dry out. Mm. They've no means of getting water into their cells, so they're going to just turn into, they're just going to get the worst sunburn in the world and then <laughs> and then just blow away in a cloud of dust. Shrivel up like a crisp. <laughs> yeah, zombie crisps. So be not afraid, Matt, is what I'm saying. Oh, be not afraid. Well, it's not as bad as you think. That's it. There's, the, there's our positive note. We, we can skip out into the street happy and confident, knowing that a zombie apocalypse probably isn't going to happen. Okay, is it time to round it off? It is time to round it off. Time to round it off with a a quote from Brian, who gave zombie apocalypse... He only gave it one star, but he also said he he liked it. <laughs> which That's is weird. interesting. Are you familiar but... with the way that a, a star rating system works, Brian? <laughs> no, but I mean, it makes sense in the context of this bit of the review. Oh, okay. All right, which cool. is, okay. It says, zombie novels are kind of like sex and pizza. Even when they're bad, they're still kind of good. <laughs> To, to, be, to be full disclosure, to be fair to Brian, he does say the next line with some exceptions, and this is one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, but... you know, I'm not certain we'd give it one star out of five, but actually, I think that's quite close to how we felt about it. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Well, there Dave, it is. Um, yeah. climb out, climb out from under the bed, put the shotgun away, because uh, we, we're now safe in the knowledge that it's probably not going to happen. We hope, and if you're listening to this. After a zombie apocalypse, then <laughs> have a little chugger to yourself at the naivety and the brazen, uh, you know, overconfidence of the human race, and yeah. uh, and hopefully we won't succumb to any zombie virus, and we'll be back to bring you coverage of, uh, I think it's Game of Thrones next, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we're doing a Game of Thrones. I'm really excited yeah. about it. Actually. Yeah, we're going to do that in. We're going to actually do that in the same number of parts as the series does, so you can almost read it as a companion to the book and companion to the series, so you can see where the differences come in between the two. Yeah. So it's going to be quite a few casts. We'll be doing ten of them on Game of Thrones book one, but they'll be a bit shorter than what what you're used to. Yeah. So, uh, so the first one of those should be out. Yeah, the first one will be out next week. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> we'll see you then. <laughs> bye bye. The world is now a zombie world. Everybody's doing a brand dance now. Zombie motion. Zombie motion. I'm really angry now.